0: The following program is part of the Inner Circle Podcasting Group. Go to innercirclecomics.com for more high-quality podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. Go to twoheadednerd.com and click Donate Now to become
1: a supporter. Hey, this is Cullen Bunn, the writer of Harrow County. Hellbreak, The Six-Gun, Magneto, and Symmetro. And you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Podcast with Joe and Matt.
0: Sort of, sort of break it, break it down like good. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is my pleasure to welcome you to another Joe Patrickless episode of THN. This time, episode 208, where we're talking comics and nerd news the week of Wednesday, May 13th. My name is Matt Baum. That's at Matt Baumstein on the Twitter. Now when I'm not selling my stock in America Online after my grandparents finally got a cable modem, I'm writing the comic speculator blog for wordpoint.com.
1: And I'm Jared Savitas at Wooly Toots on the Twitter. When I'm not snorting lines off of Joe Patrick's tombstone, I'm fancying myself as the quato on the body that is the two-headed nerd. Gross! This week, you'll hear our reviews
0: of B O Tour, Sister Bambi, number one, and Harrow County, number one. After that, we'll review ten more of this week's new comics, Faster Than Charlie's Theron Can Oppress Men Everywhere during the ludicrous Speed Round. Then, we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where Jared and I are playing the blues on a very famous guitar While we talk about next week's comics And finally, the comic pushers are back Dealing copious amounts of highly addictive comics To one desperate comic junkie But, before you ditch your dial-up connection For one of those newfangled cable modems Let's all shave our hair to mohawks And put on our shoulder pads Mad Max is back, nerds And it's time yes. to blow some shit up At ridiculous speeds And then, we'll talk about this week's
1: four days into its existence, the Archie Kickstarter is dead. It was too beautiful for this world. It couldn't live. <laughs> Flashback to five days ago. Archie Comics announced that it would be launching a Kickstarter campaign to rush three of their new Archie Relaunch books to stand. I wrote this like a Quentin Tarantino film. Like you get to the end and then we go to the yeah. beginning. You know. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Benny and Veronica, Life with Kevin, and Jughead are all tied to the Archie Relaunch and we were slated to come out later in the year. So I'm sure you're wondering what's the big deal? Publishers use Kickstarter all the time. Why is this any different? Well, once creators, fans, and journalists started asking about the campaign, things got a little fuzzy in Riverdale. DC stalwart Jimmy Palmiotti took to Twitter with several criticisms. Why are they asking for 350K? Why are the rewards for funding so expensive? Is Archie Comics in trouble? Don't they have major TV deals? And deals with Walmart and Target to sell their comics? To this, Archie publisher and CEO John Goldwater responded by likening Archie Comics to other small indie publishers that use Kickstarter for funding, which further ruffled feathers. Matt, what do you think about the scandal in Riverdale? Is Archie a small publisher or are they just greedy?
0: There's a lot of sides to this. And it's easy to go, you f***ed up Archie and point the finger and thumbs down and everything. And Jimmy Palmiati and some other creators got on Twitter and started asking questions. Mark Wade, who is a part of the Archie relaunch, writing Archie, came out in defense of it. And we on this show hold Mark Wade's word in very high regard. And we love him dearly. (laughs) And I want to say, I agree with a lot of what he said. The company was left in serious financial ruin by the people that ran it before. They are in the process of turning Archie around. I get... Why Kickstarter seems like a good idea to bring in an influx of cash, especially when they're expanding very quickly and they need to get that cash in there to make sure their expansion works. But for three books that are already coming out for them to come out and say, we need $350,000 to rush these books to the stands. You were already putting the books out,
1: right? Yeah. But they're saying that uh, with the video on the Kickstarter, he was saying, we wanna give you more right away. And I get we wanna, that. you know, we wanna blam here's all the new Riverdale right away.
0: And I get that, but it also bypasses a lot of things that were incentives for retailers, like offering these covers and whatnot that were supposed to be retailer exclusive, just going right past them when they just signed a major deal with Target and Walmart to carry their digests and stuff, which you know, I'm not saying that retailers are making money hand over fist on Archie Digest. But that does seem like kind of a shot across their bow. Second, when they came to him and said, why do you need 350 grand, which seems like a lot of money (laughs) to put out three comics, it's sounded like, is your company in trouble? Is something wrong? And they were like, no, we're fine. Well, then see my original question. Why 350 grand? If you don't get the money, do these books not come out? And they said, no, the books will still come out. The whole thing seemed really weird. So I can see both sides. I can see why Archie was trying to, like I said, get this influx of cash to expand and get this stuff to readers. But I can also see how a lot of people went, hold on, you're no fan of graphics. It's not like we're even dealing with Oni press. Right, yeah. You are not the little tiny guys that you say that you are. Sure, they're not Marvel. They're not DC. They don't have Warner Brothers or Disney money. But likening themselves to fanographics, that doesn't make much sense to
1: me. And that kind of, well, that rubs me wrong. Sure. I get it. But you do also have to think of, okay, they have Adam Hughes doing a book. Right. That dude brings big dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you try to go see him at a con and try to buy a, you know, get a sketch from him or something like that. He's going to charge you big time dollars. So like for him to be doing a book. They got to pay him per page. Oh, sure. blah dee dee But they do you know, that beforehand. Yeah. And, and I guess that they're like, well, we'll make money off our relaunch. We'll have the money. We'll pay him. Right on. But I mean, like, for them to be like, here's all the money right now. Do it. Sure. That's a great thing. But that's also, like,
0: your job as a publisher is to do the best to be as successful as you can. And asking for the money from the fans up front I don't know, man. I mean, like it's kind of gross.
1: His video appealed to me. He was saying, (laughs) he was saying, be a part of Riverdale history. You can be a zombie in afterlife (laughs) to Archie. Uh, And like, I looked at it, man, people were throwing down. They were people. There was somebody threw down 750
0: bucks. Yeah, they were. And now to be fair, I think Archie handled this very well. They were completely transparent. They came out, John Goldwater, CEO and publisher answered a bunch of questions, did an interview with Tom Spurgeon from comics reporter that was a very good interview. And I, I again I do see both sides, but I think taking the Kickstarter down is a good thing.
1: Yeah, it was probably for the best. Yeah. I mean, I do I sympathize with them a little bit that where people were looking got away from the books. Absolutely. And it became more about the money and stuff.
0: And is it right or is it wrong? I don't know. That's a bigger argument, but it didn't look great. I'll say that sure. at the end of sure. the day. And Archie, a company that has so much goodwill going for it right now. They don't need this. Shit. So get rid of it. Figure it out. You, you were going to put these books out anyway. Just put them out when you're going to put them out. We all make mistakes, Matt. Sure. It's true. In movie news, the Fox X studios know where their bread is buttered and they've announced a new X-Men spinoff film in the form of a new mutants movie this week. Deadline.com reported that the rumored Fox New Mutants film will become reality with the fault in our stars director, Josh Boone, at the helm. The film looks to expand the X roster in the wake of X-Men director Brian Singer, Hugh Jackman's Wolvie, and Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique's exit after Age of Apocalypse, the next X-Men film. Jared. You think Super Buddies, Warlock, and Cypher are going to make the roster?
1: I don't know, man. I'm really curious to know who's going to make the roster. Right? I would love it if it was the original guys. Like, the original guys. That's what I would like. There was a poll up on Comics
0: Alliance where they said, who do you want to see in the lineup? And it seems like everyone that voted was a nerd like you or me. and went through and went, okay, Wolvesbane, <laughs> Warlock, yeah. you
1: know, like Magic, Cannonball, you know. Now, Sunspot was in Days of Future Past, wasn't he? Yeah. He was running around. See, there. so they have a connection. Yeah, it's there. Uh so they could kind of pull back a little bit and 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 dabble with some of those characters. But yeah, man, I'd love to see uh I'd love to see Wolvesbane. Oh yeah. Magma. Oh yeah, man. Cannonball. Yeah. Dude. I love Sam Guthrie, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I'm super curious to know who's that's like my number one question. Like here's the only thing that worries me about this.
0: We've seen younger versions of the X-Men in the past couple films when they went back in time and we saw they were young guys. I'm afraid we get a new mutants and they go, okay, it's the story of young beast, young Wolverine, mm. young Cyclops. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's a the only possibility. That worries me a little bit. And you know they're going to throw... But they did that already. I know. But you know they're going to throw some names in there that we recognize.
1: Are they going to spin off of like the school? Like start with this, almost like Wolverine and the X-Men, you know what I mean? Where it's like, here's the school... We've got some of the, like, who's going to be their mentor? Is it going to be Xavier? I hope that's what they do.
0: I hope they go straight back to the Xavier Institute for Higher Learning. Here's the school. Here's the new kids. Go.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if they're like going to be like, kind of what they started to do in the singer films. Yeah. uh, Like where, you know, the storm is a teacher and we've got a class and I don't know. That'd be a great way to to tie it all in too, you know?
0: Yep. And in other Hollywood news, Latino Review, who is a Surprisingly solid track record when it comes to reporting rumors (laughs) has reported Asa Butterfield reportedly cast as your new Asa Butterface. If you don't know who Asa Butterfield is, go watch Hugo. He's the little kid. He's Ender in Ender's Game, and he was Ender in Ender's Game in the much maligned Ender's Game. (laughs) Never saw it. I I did. It was not good. I I mean, all we have is a picture of the kid. Uh, He was good in Hugo. He looks like a little nerd in the picture. Now, this definitely sets up for a much younger Spider-Man. I was going to
1: say, how old is this kid right now? He's got to be teenage. Yeah, right? I bet, like, I'm saying 15, 16-year-old Spidey. That's really interesting that they're doing that. You know what I mean? Especially if they're going to pull the, he's already an established hero. Right. You know? They've got this teenage kid, and now you're going to have these adults pull him into their troubled superhero conflict
0: i guess i don't know yeah put the kid in danger there we go yeah because it's one thing in civil war where peter parker is a little older and he has you know a well a family with aunt may and he's married and whatnot but if he's a 16 year old kid and they pull and tony's like hey take your mask off kid (laughs) come you know join the avengers and cap's like don't do that kid Come be in serious danger with me. <laughs> you know? I got a shield. I'll put it in front of you. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know. It, I like the way the kid looks. We still don't know what they're going to do with him. And we don't even know if this is true. We, all we, this is the rumor. It has not been formally announced. Well, those Latino website people. I'll tell you what. They are
1: hot on the case. <laughs> they're spreading rumors. <laughs> this week, DC doubled down on its TV game with not one. But two trailers featuring the new Supergirl in action and a literal Legion of Superheroes, Legends of Tomorrow. Supergirl stands alone in her upcoming CBS series, but the CW's Legends of Tomorrow features a horde of heroes and villains, including Brandon Routh's Ray Palmer, the Atom, Kiara Renee as Hawk Girl, Wentworth Miller as Captain Cold, Dominic Purcell as Heatwave, and Arthur Daville as Rip Hunter. Matt, there's a lot to unpack here. Let's start with Supergirl, man. I think she looks great. I think Supergirl looks great.
0: I think she's plucky. Like, the actress is cute, but strong. But I will say, it sure seems to me like they went, okay, female, Clark Kent, go. Yes. She's nerdy, she's wearing glasses. And, like, one of, like, the main criticisms of Supergirl, which is something that I think they did a pretty good job in the new 52, by the way, I will add. One of the main criticisms is she's just female Superman. And here she kind of looks like. And again, this is a preview. We don't really know. And it's just the first episode. Maybe it's going to change. But so far, she kind of just looks like female Superman to me.
1: I got th- I got that right away. I was like, oh, she's wearing glasses and no one knows it's her. My my, my here's my feelings. I feel like this is going to be. Uh, look, I'm a man and this is a girl show. Time out. Do we know that? <laughs> uh, no
0: Can we fact check jury that real is quick? still out
1: uh, and I feel like it's going to be uh it's going to be a lot of girl drama I'm, I'm pretty like she looks fine she looks fine good I'm not going to watch it I'm totally turned off by it and I feel like they almost went hey you know what everyone thought the Man of Steel didn't care about people Supergirl's going to care about everybody oh no obviously yeah and um I just I don't know
0: I don't know. Good luck to it. They're definitely gearing See, this. They're definitely gearing this towards women. <laughs> Allie McBeal's your boss. Yeah, and Calista Flockhart uh, looks hey. like a wraith. She looks horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, she was ugh, hard to look at. But I don't know. She looks good in the costume. It seems like the writing is clever, and it, I think this looks like more fun than I thought it was going to be. I'll say that. Yeah, but it, it still could just be. Female Superman. Now, I will say the whole, your cousin, your cousin, your cousin, your cousin. They're never going to say Superman because they can't. And that could get old really quick. Sure. They do everything short of actually show you Superman. They have to make a point that she's in his shadow. And I get that. But they also can't say the word Superman. They can say Kal-El. And that could get old really fast. They need to get away from that. Or just embrace it and get superman on the show in some way (laughs) (laughs) yeah now the legends of tomorrow
1: yes wow (laughs) now my number one question is is this show replace the single shows does so does this show now going to replace flash and arrow will we not have flash and arrow no because we're gonna have this team up show no you're still gonna have flash
0: you're still gonna have arrow They are only teaming up for what I think is the first story arc. Is it like going to be like a mini series? Yes. It's going to be a mini series to kick this series off and you'll have a separate series starring these characters where flash and arrow will show up every once in a while. Mm. It looks to me like WB is doubling down on their team efforts. They're going, all right, Marvel made an Avengers movie and made more money than, you know, most well-off countries (laughs) (laughs) on this planet. So We are going to make the JLA movie and we're going to make this other show with an ensemble cast because they want ensemble cast. Throw them in there. Let's get them in there. First of all, who the hell is a white canary? What is that?
1: It looks like she got killed because they show that clip of her like full of arrows and falling off a roof. So I bet you she goes into the Lazarus pith because that's what it looks like she's coming out of. Right. And comes out. And she comes out
0: white canary. Okay. Hey. And then you've got new character you've got the Adam as your iron man and your ant
1: man it's and your batman because he's a rich guy who just built a suit because he wants to be a hero right which arrow kind of did that too but oh yeah yeah whatever i don't know hey man if you have money in the wbdcu you can be a hero the suit looked neat i guess (laughs) but
0: i mean i don't know it's we'll see brandon routh i feel bad for him he went from playing superman to playing Ray palmer that's a big step down.
1: <laughs> hey, but he's really playing it up. He's like, man, I'm going to be the yuckster here. I almost people wish we're going to like my character because I'm an oddball. I almost wish he was the super vegan
0: from Scott Pilgrim. Still,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> with would this, be sweet. With his
0: vegan powers. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkgirl looked pretty neat. Firestar. Uh, we've seen the professor, but we haven't seen his counterpart,
1: right? I think they've shown Firestar because Pardon I, me. I, Firestorm. We can fire. say Firestorm. <laughs> uh, Firestorm. Uh, because I had some people tell me that. His powers were done really well on okay. the show, but I like—I I don't watch these shows, so I wouldn't know what the hell they're doing. I'm
0: gonna pay attention to see because I always do. I gotta try it out and see what's coming. But I don't know, man. I mean, I have some complex feelings on this. Imagine
1: any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes.
0: You're legends. The big news for this week If you'd like to discuss these stories Or all the other crap we missed Hit us up on THN Forums Where? Jared and I will be reading your posts From the THN Lazarus Jacuzzi That keeps us looking so damn good That's right I feel like I'm 22 again Mm -hmm, This mm -hmm. is hot or actually, don't we go nuts for a little bit? Yeah, because when I first get out, I'm pretty mad and yeah, crazy about it. Like, pretty mad and crazy about it. Don't get in my way until I get things settled in my head. Every Sunday, my super cousin Joe Patrick posts the question of the week in the THN forums. Jared, what is Joe asking
1: the listeners this week? This week's question: We want to know what you think about the latest DC TV blitz. Let's hear your thoughts and feelings on the Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow trailers. That is where we'll be unpacking
0: all our feelings. I was yeah. Thinking, and I think Joe is probably going to that it. with me. I'm not calling in. Okay. You don't
1: have to. You want to be a jerk? <laughs> oh, man. You have until 5 p.m. this coming Friday, May 22nd, to get us your answer. You can call us and leave a message with your answer using Skype. Our Skype handle is Two Headed Nerd or at our Ziggurat Hotline. or you can send us an mp3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com but keep it under two minutes or you will get cut off man. It's true man. If you need more time than that feel free to write your full answer in the question of the week section of the THN web forum. All the cool kids are doing it. It's review time on THN where Matt and I crawl onto the hood of two of this week's new comics and spit water into their blowers matt what did you pick to review this week
0: this week i read the tour sister bambi number one from oni written by rick spears with art by james callahan this was 32 damn pages for 3.99 regular listeners may recall the first auteur miniseries won my best miniseries golden beppo for last year see our yearly award show for more on this so I was thrilled to see what happens next to intrepid film director Nathan T-Rex. The issue opens with T-Rex in the disputed tribal region between Argentina and Bolivia. Nate is meeting with his new financiers, perfectly Aryan, blonde-haired, blue-eyed billionaire triplets, who have offered to pay for his magnum opus, as long as it features plenty of gang rape, and their daughter, who may or may not be a clone as the star. Oh, and a Nazi hero, which leads to an amazing bit of dialogue, Nathan Quote, okay, 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 women in prison, Nazi propaganda film, stuffed to the gills with gang rape. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't even the nuttiest part of Spears' latest tour comic. The beauty of this book is that there are no rules. This isn't a Hickman metaphysical sci-fi labyrinth or a heartbreaking autobiography in the vein of Craig Thompson. This is something else. All I can say is that writer Rick Spears obviously spent some time in Hollywood, and something happened there that broke him on a fundamental level. (laughs) We see a scene of T-Rex being physically removed from Hollywood where he's booted out of a limo to the other side of a dotted line that is the Los Angeles city limits. He's sick, desperate to create, and being eaten alive by the film that he needs to make. From there, he has a fever dream in the desert that starts with a quote from David Lynch's failed cult adaptation of Frank Herbert's Dune and ends with a quote from Frank Miller's infamous train wreck All-Star Batman. Every page here is packed with absurdity, violence, gore, inappropriate jokes, sexism, and it all comes together in an orgy of ridiculousness that I could not put down. Paired with the art of James Callahan, who deserves an Eisner just for T-Rex's facial expressions, Sister Bambi stands out as a true graphic storytelling accomplishment. Callahan is a simple, thin-line animated style, and knows when to drop out of a background so Spears' insane dialogue can take center stage, but his action scenes are equally amazing. There's a scene where a Jewish ninja murder squad attacks T-Rex's financiers (laughs) and cuts one to pieces, of course, in the shape of the Star of David, that had me laughing out loud. Spears and Callahan are telling what seems to be a modern odyssey set in a world that orbits Hollywood, and I cannot wait more I can't give this comic a bigger buy it
1: uh this book is nuts (laughs) that's all I can say it really is man I've never I hadn't read any of this book before and uh so taking a quick look at it it's just non-stop craziness I don't know is he trying to make some sort of Hollywood statement here or is he just having fun I think it's a little bit of both I think Spears definitely got
0: burned trying to do something that he felt was actually art and went a little insane and then wrote this comic based on his experience. If not, man, this is just pure biting Hollywood satire and it's beautiful. It shows how ugly and ridiculous and terrifying the film studio is. And I love this. Uh, Yeah, man.
1: Him wandering the desert was pretty crazy. Like (laughs) kind of Losing his mind a little bit. Kissing cactuses yeah. and poking his eyes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nutty, man. Oh, man. I say give it a buy it because, like, man, I didn't know anything about the book and it was a wild ride. There's just nothing like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Tell me all about Harrow County. Oh, boy. One. Harrow County number one, Dark Horse, it was written by Cullen Bunn and has art by Tyler Crook. Cullen and Crook bring the collaboration they've fostered on various six gun projects. For Oni Press, over to Dark Horse for this title. Harrow County is a new series that literally seeps into Dark Horse's horror book stable in a creepy and beautiful way. Harrow County is a small farm community with a big, dark secret. The opening scene sets the tone in an incredibly ominous and haunting way, the likes I've not encountered in some time. On a rainy night, the people of Harrow County tend to some unsavory business, Crook does a masterful job here, setting the mood with a watercolor type of artwork that really portrays a cold, bleak rain that chills to the bone. You can actually feel it yeah. come off the page. Absolutely. The opening panel is repeated at the end of the opening scene, but this time instead of being dark and dreary, it's all set a light and a glow from the flames of a fire. It's very subtle yet very powerful. Crook is at the top of his game here. And we are then introduced to the main character of this story, a young girl named Emmy. Emmy has dreams and visions which haunt her sleep. She can feel spirits around her and feels a strange pull from a large crooked oak tree on a hill overlooking her father's farm. And as the story progresses, we discover there is more to Emmy than even she knows. And the fact that she is set to turn 18 in a matter of days has some of the people in the county concerned. I really don't know how to keep describing this story without getting too deep into spoiler territory because I really think it needs to be read. I didn't know a thing about this story myself and just went into it blind. This may have been why the story was so powerful to me. Cullen Bunn sure does like to write stories about the dark supernatural and it is where his strength really lies. And if you've read his superhero stuff, it's nowhere near the quality of this. There is even a short Tales of Harrow County backup story, which adds even more dark history to the setting, which I sure hope they continue that feature through the series. So, if you're into horror books or a good supernatural mystery, this book should be full on your radar. Buy it all the way. I'm with you here. And it
0: absolutely continues that track of Cullen Bunn doing shit that I don't care about at Marvel and DC. And kicking ass everywhere else. Yep, yep. Like when you give this guy his own sandbox, which it seems to be a supernatural sandbox, but whatever, that's his wheelhouse. He's great at it. Put him there and he excels. This was creepy, it was gross, it was disturbing, and really well paced. The problem with horror comics is the pacing has to be spot on. Unlike a horror movie, where we don't know what's gonna happen next, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it jumps out of you and you're, ah! whatever you can't do that on the comic page because all we have to do is flip the page and go oh that's what's coming
1: right
0: <laughs> so the pacing has to be really good and the pacing here was excellent Tyler Crook man very very it's
1: gorgeous away. work I and really the, enjoyed this the painted painted watercolor like coloring was just yeah man. from the cover yeah. to the back really enjoyed this I'm also giving it a buy it it's a witchcraft so that's a double buy it for the auteur sister Bambi number one and a double buy it for Harrow County number one so as always, we want to know what you, psychotic artists, and skin children thought of these comics. Gross. So after you've fled Hollywood, celebrate the Dark Lord's power by hitting us with your opinions over at the THN forums, which you can find by clicking the forum button at TwoHeadedNerd.com. Thank you, oh great
0: <laughs> Here in the Ziggurat, we could not be more excited to have another chapter in the Mad Max epic hitting theaters this weekend. But we were a little disturbed to read about some very vocal crybabies that were concerned about the feminist message in the film centering around Charlize Theron's character. So... It only seemed right to gather a posse of lunatics led by Miss Theron herself to chase down this vocal minority of, quote, oppressed men <laughs> <laughs> and grind them under the tires of our ridiculous ramshackle hot rods while we review 10 more of this week's new comics during
1: the Ludicrous Speed Run! Speed, go! <laughs> Lantern City number one! Boom!
0: As some of you already know, I have a serious steampunk allergy, so even approaching this comic could be considered brave. Writer Paul Jenkins gives readers a despotic view of a steampunk city ruled by the wealthy, but far outnumbered by the lower working class. There are more than a few allusions to the Bolshevik Revolution here, and honestly, a story like this could take place in any setting. So, it's steampunk for the sake of steampunk, I guess and the story was fine, but felt a little too familiar and not something I need to revisit. Not bad art by Carlos Magno
1: though, giving it a skim it on art alone. Pathfinder Origins number four from Dynamite. The Origins series is a bit of a departure from past Pathfinder series. Each issue focuses solely on one of the ongoing iconic characters in which they team up with another iconic character not seen in comic format before. These comics are also written by Paizo, the company that created the RPG, staff members just because they are game designers writers and editors doesn't necessarily mean they can write comic book dialogue Uh but they do their best i'm enjoying the series and you might too so skim it all right mythic number one image writer phil hester tells the story of nate a guy like any
0: other pulled into a world of the paranormal when he's offered a job to work with mythic lore services think parks and recreation if they dealt with demons and witchcraft it's a story that could quickly blur into the generic in any other hands, but Hester keeps the dialogue sharp and witty, and artist John McRae is working at a level I have never seen from him. There's panels here that reminded me of Mobius and P. Craig Russell. It was beautiful to look at. I was leveled by McRae here,
1: but Hester's story, just as good. Buy it! I didn't even recognize McRae at first. I Tell like, me oh, about man. it. Mantle, number one from Image. The Mantle is a superpower set that transfers from host to host to be the protector of all mankind. When the mantle host dies, it simply chooses another. Like Captain Planet. There are three other superheroes that act as mentors and guides to train and prepare the new host to face a super nice guy called the Plague. How could he be nice named that? (laughs) A drug-fueled potty mouth named Robbie gets chosen, and boy, is he nowhere ready for what being the mantle means. How could he not be a potty mouth named Robbie? (laughs) Although similar in theme to the late 1990s DC series Major Bummer, this is definitely not your dad's Major Bummer. Some of the dialogue made me eye-roll, but the premise has potential. Skim it. Thor number eight, Marvel. I managed to avoid all
0: the spoilers as to the identity of the new Thor until I got to the very last page, and to my surprise... It was exactly who I thought it was. No spoilers here, kids! But writer Jason Aaron does a good enough job on the ride to the reveal, along with the perfectly awesome art of Russell Dodderman, That I didn't mind. I really like the interaction between this new Thor and the Odinson, and the story about Roxxon teaming up with Malekith for mineral rights to the other worlds has been great. Here's to hoping Secret Wars doesn't screw up the rhythm they've got going here. Giving it a buy it! Who is it? Who is it? Who's Thor? jane foster oh what yeah we all saw that coming right i don't know but she has cancer and every time she uses <laughs> the hammer she gets sicker okay. so.
1: saga number 28 from image the cast of the epic sci-fi fantasy that is saga continues to grow with this issue as we follow three different storylines relationships continue to grow suspense continues to grow chaos continues to grow it's all growing danger continues to grow i'm growing just thinking about it oh man toddler hazel is so cute drug abuse, dragon jizz, Ew. spaceship dog bites, and a dose of sadness. Oh. Saga has it all, people. Buy it. Injection number one image. It's hard to even explain what happened in this
0: issue, but creepy sci-fi master Warren Ellis gives readers just enough of a tease to let us know he's got something huge planned for this story of how a corporation may have ruined the earth and the people that are called in to fix the situation. This is more creepy metaphysical sci-fi from the team that brought you the most recent Moon Knight relaunch. I love the writer. I love the art team of Declan Shavley and Jordi Belair. And I love this first
1: issue. Buy it! I give it a buy too as well. The Six-Gun, Dust to Dust, number three from Oni. Wow, this issue wraps up the three-issue micro-series and it was heavy. Dust to Dust is a story about Bill John O'Henry, Bounty Hunter, Horse Thief, Gunfighter, Card Sharp, and Father... One of the best characters from The Sixth Gun takes spotlight in his own series where he sets out to go to any length to help his ailing daughter, Sally. Cullen Bunn's writing really shines here and Tyler Crook backs him panel by panel. This series was simply beautiful and amazing, although it's far more rewarding if you're a regular reader of The Sixth Gun. This is Supernatural Western at its best. Buy it. Theoretically, you go out and buy two Cullen Bunn and Tyler Crook books this week. It was a Crook and Cullen jam week, man. I'm telling you, it was so good. Rebels number two, Dark Horse. I wasn't sure what I thought after reading Brian Wood's first issue of
0: Rebels, but here he seems to be hitting a stride. The story picks up, showing us a more human side of the main character, Seth, and his wife, Mercy. I found the first issue a bit of a slow grind through a lot of exposition, but this issue was a solid payoff, and I'm looking forward
1: to more from Rebels. Buy it! Abe Sapien, number 23, from Dark Horse. After the tragic events in Texas, we take a break from the ongoing story and get a flashback of Abe and Hellboy teaming up when they were both in the BPRD. This time, they are investigating the Ogopogo Lake Monster in British Columbia. That's fun to say. Oh, uh, yeah. Kevin Nolan handles all of the art for this one-shot issue, and it's gorgeous as always. The guy is a master. His work needs to be seen more often. Normally, I would give this series a skimmit, but this story, as a standalone, is fantastic, and it's a throwback to what the BPRD and Hellboy books used to be. So, a big time buy it.
0: go, pogo. pogo. <laughs> 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 Thwak! That is your ludicrous speed round end. Whack is the sound of coworker on coworker violence when one hits the other with a giant wrench, as seen in the pages of Mythic Number One. Now. Go beat us over the head with your reviews of this week's comics at the This Week's Comics section of the THN Forums. They could not be better named.
1: As I'm sure you've heard, the blues world suffered a major loss this week with the death of the legendary B.B. King. So Matt and I decided to host a bluesy little seance to make sure Mr. King finds his way into blues holla. It's a thing. (laughs) With the help of one of his many guitars, Lucille number 31. And our resident spiritualist, Dr. Occult, Matt and I will peer into the spirit world to guide our fallen friend, and maybe we can get some secrets of next week's comics from Blind Lemon Jefferson. That guy, I didn't even know he was a nerd. I didn't know he was blind. <laughs> Matt and I have no <laughs> I thought idea. thought that was
0: the name? I didn't know he was a lemon!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea all these legendary dead blues men were comic fans. Matt, why don't you tell the listeners which of next week's comics you saw them reading in the Halls of Blues Holla?
0: I am excited for A-Force, number one, from Marvel, written by G. Willow Wilson, with art by Jorg Molina. I think it's actually Jorge. Here's your solicit, Marvel's mightiest women finally get their own explosive series. In its secluded corner of the battle world, an island nation is fiercely protected by a team of Avengers, the likes of which has only ever been glimpsed before, question mark? fighting to protect the small sliver of their world that's left. The amazing A-Force! Pardon me, I have to yell that. A-Force! Stands shoulder to shoulder, ready to take on the Horde. Sorry, bitch from the New Yorker that wrote the scathing review of this, but you don't know anything about what's going on in this story. I think it's going to be
1: awesome. (laughs) Jared, what are you excited for next week? I am super, super pumped for Mad Max Fury Road Nux and Immortal Joe number 1 from DC Comics. Me too, me too. Oh man. Here is the solicit in a fallen world ravaged by oil and water wars. Humanity exists without law or mercy. All those who wander the wasteland are ruled by a single imperative. Survive. Among them is Max Raka He's Polish. Go figure. (laughs) I had no idea. A road warrior who hunted by his tires from that guy. (laughs) Uh, It's hard to know who was more crazy. (laughs) Me or everyone else. In this first issue, witness the rise of Colonel Joe Moore, a war hero turned tyrannical warlord, the immortal Joe. And don't miss the story of Nux, one of the Immortals' war boys who knows only the chaos into which he was born. From the mind of George Miller, the creator of the Mad Max trilogy, it's more than three movies now, come on, comes a brand new epic tale that serves as a prelude to the upcoming film, Upcoming film. It's out. (laughs) Mad Max Fury Road. You're reading this two months ago. Yeah, come on. It's a solicit. (laughs) It is a solicit. (laughs) Man, the characters in the movie are bonkers crazy, and I would love to know more about them, so that them doing a comic series to maybe flesh them out is great. It's maybe a disservice to people seeing the movies that don't read comics, but... Uh, holy hell,
0: I bring guess. it on! You certainly don't get any time to get to know any of the characters. I don't in think movie. You, you really don't even Stuff need to. Stuff is too busy it's exploding. Just
1: bad <laughs> shit crazy movie.
0: The THN trade of the week goes to Evar Timewalker, Volume One Making History from Valiant, written by Fred Van Lente with art by the amazing Clayton Henry. That guy is so good. This collects issues one through four. Here's your solicit from the dawn of the dinosaurs to the Battle of Trafalgar. To the end of time itself, the first century-spanning adventures of Ivar (laughs) Timewalker starts here. At this very moment in Geneva, Switzerland, history is being made. A thousand meters underground inside the Large Hadron Collider. Researcher... You know what? I already read this list, you guys, when we reviewed number one a while ago. I've been following Ivar Timewalker. If you have not, this is the perfect chance to jump onto this book. It is so much fun. Fred Van Linty is a fantastic writer. Clayton Henry is a fantastic artist. And this fantastic
1: book another one from valiant pick this up as it turns out these good old boys in blues holla really know how to party so we're gonna hang here for a while in the meantime head over to the thn forums and let us know what you're excited to read next week DC, who will fall? Tell me nerds, who takes it all. Will convergence sort it out or will Super Wars win the fight Two events may seem the same. One of them must have more games. When it comes to review time, it's just me, Matt Bomb and I. <laughs> it's just me, Matt Bomb and I.
0: A weird singing your own name, you know?
1: <laughs> it's just me, Matt Bomb and I. It's just me,
0: Matt Bomb, and I. That is right, kids. The Comic Pushers are back. Jared Savitas showing he can rap, too. He don't need no help. Look at mm-mm, that. Mm-mm. Oh, snap. This is the part of the show where one desperate comic junkie crawls to their computer and sends us a desperate email begging for more reads. This time, an ashy, sweatpants-wearing tweaker named Kundalini writes via email. He's an Aussie. Oi, Comic Pushers. Just like the Thunder from Down Under, I'm a fellow Aussie listener, and I'm super excited for the new Mad Max film. I'm curious as to why there aren't any Mad Max comics out there, and I'm wondering, can you set me up with any similar, hopeless, dystopian, end of society we know it type stuff? Guess I'm a pessimist, eh? Thanks for the show, and please, even though it's not making you rich, keep the eps coming! That was super racist, but that is my Australian accent. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's get into it, man. He wants to read more dystopian, end-of-society comic book stuff. The first book I'm going to throw at you because I'm a shameless Godzilla fan is Godzilla Cataclysm from IDW. This was written by Cullen Bunn with art by the incredible Dave Wachter. That dude's super talented. This takes place in the future after the monsters from Monster Island have just destroyed the world. Everything is screwed, and humanity is like living in the rubble. It is a really fun book, and it's a really cool take on Godzilla that we haven't seen before.
1: Jared, I hit the ball over to you. Okay, man. Here's what I'm going to do. Oh, boy. I'm going to throw some manga! What? Uh, yeah, dude. What? Akira! Post-nuclear oh. Tokyo. Uh, and you've got a huge chunk of reading ahead of you, sir. That thing is like <laughs> yeah. eight phone book sized volumes. And I saw the movie before I long ever read the book. And when I read the book, I was like, screw that movie. This book is epic. Yeah. And it, it, and the movie's a fraction of it. Uh, it was a great read and it's gorgeously illustrated. Uh, Back at you. What's his name? Uh, um,
0: but Shumashiro Mas- Oh my gosh. Mas- Atomo, Atomo. Oh, Katashiro Atomo, We got to get it right. Yeah, it's Katashiro Otomo. I'm all, I'll, I'll put money on it. You're right, buddy. <laughs> the only manga series I have read start to finish, Akira. And I bought, I even bought those old epic versions that came yeah, out in I the 80s. I got the Dark
1: Horse ones they those did. Were in so the
0: cool, man. Early
1: 2000s or whatever. Okay, my turn.
0: A little closer to near future, I'm going to go with Brian Woods' DMZ. DMZ was awesome. Basically, a bunch of militias formed in the United States that turned on the government because they got so sick of their them being embroiled in so many foreign wars that they pushed the United States government back basically to Manhattan Island and Brooklyn became this demilitarized zone. It is such a wonderful book. It's a story of a news photographer in the demilitarized zone investigating what's actually going on because there's this big cable network American propagandist monster that makes all the fighters that are fighting against the government look ridiculous. And what's going on in the demilitarized zone has been billed as like these barbarians and lunatics this wasteland. But in reality, they're these people like scraping out their living in New York after the fall of society, basically it is a wonderful, wonderful book. And it's being collected right now in vertigo hardcovers
1: that are very affordable Go pick these up. Back at you. Wham. Okay, man, I'm going to go with a Brian too. And I'm going to go with a vertical book too. Whoa. Brian K. Period. fonts. Why the last man? Oh, okay. All right. All right. That's a good one. That's right? a good right? one.
0: Yeah. 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 That's uh, a near future. Yeah,
1: near future. All right. I like There's it. No boys left except for one dude and his monkey.
0: Yeah. Disease wipes out
1: every male on the planet except yeah. for one. Yeah. 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 So good. Um, my wife makes fun of me because I cried during the last issue. I did too. But hey, man, I have feelings. I hear you, man. <laughs> Tennis ball back at you. Bam! I don't know
0: if you're a dad or not, Kunalini, but for the younger crowd, I'm going with Adventure Time. Oh, you got one on my mind. Adventure Time. You know what? You may not know this, but Adventure Time takes place on planet Earth long after a nuclear disaster has wiped out society. And Finn is like the last boy. He's essentially commandy with a shape-changing pug... They travel around in the land of ooh and fight like the Ice King and all kinds of other monsters and just go on adventures all day. It is a wonderful book. If you love the cartoon series,
1: you will love the comic. Jared, it's thirty thirty love. Come back at you. Spike. <laughs> okay, man. Let's do this. You dig superheroes. You dig popular superheroes. Frank Miller's A Dark Knight. Right? That's the dystopian future. Dark Knight Returns? Dark Knight Returns. Okay. But is it like an end of society type thing? A little bit. I mean, there's like all the kind of a breakdown and there's crazy gangs and
0: I don't know. I'm taking a point away from Ah, uh, taking a point away from you. Uh, now, I like Dark Knight Returns as much as anybody, but that seems like an easy one. And I'm going to say not an end of society type
1: book. All right.
0: Like things are still chugging
1: along. Here we go. Then here we go. Do I get to take another swing at sure, it? Sure. Sure. All right. We're going to go manga book again. dude. Oh, man. Can you handle it. Battle Angel Alita okay. by Yukito Kishiro. All right. Now you've got, you've got like a society above the earth. They're in like a floating city yeah. up there yeah. and they dump all their trash down onto the earth down below. All right. Right. All right. It's totally separate. Everybody down below wants to get up there. This lonely doctory dude, scientisty dude's like, I'm going to build this like kick-ass girl, uh, daughter, figure robot yeah because isn't,
0: isn't it like they the people from above have these
1: big robot fights to keep people from below like there is like a, it's there, like a gladiatorial type thing. there is a thi- aspect of that right too, where it's uh this uh, keeps the other it's populace like quiet a, yeah it's almost like a crazy like a bread and um, circuses roll, roller thing. derby yeah on like hyper thing yeah man it's been a really long time since i read that series but man i really loved it it, it was, was gorgeous yeah the anime they did an anime of it too which is really it cool it was great that's what got me into there the was comic? almost a movie made with christina ricci as you're battling oh man yuck interesting
0: i <laughs> do not like it back at you then final point okay i'm going for low from rick remender and greg tokini Mm. this is the story of one woman's optimism in the face of the end of life on earth as we know it human beings have had to flee the surface of the earth because it's become irradiated global warming went nuts and the ozone layer disappeared and you can't live there anymore so everybody lives in bubbles under the ocean their technology to scrub and reuse their oxygen is running out and they are facing basically the end of humanity unless we find another planet to live on. Our main character's family is kidnapped and her husband believes that they've been killed years ago, but she's never given up hope. Her husband gets sick and dies and she decides it's time to go find my family and put it back together. And it is just an amazing story with incredible art. I cannot say enough about Lo. It's incredible. It just started a few months ago. So you should be able to find the back issues, Go pick that one up.
1: Jared, final point. Wham. Final point. I'm well, I'm going for another oldie. Okay. Uh Transmetropolitan by Warren Ellis. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Right. You've got a partially dystopian post cyberpunk take on our world. It's in some unspecified future time. Uh there's all kinds of uh everyone lives in the city, which is overrun with pollution and chaos. And uh you've got uh, Spider yep. Jerusalem. A journalist, a journalist, main character. And he, uh, man, he writes, uh, all kinds of, uh, essays and stuff on the take on, take on the, with the world is at sort of a scathing look at, yeah, yeah, at yeah. The, yeah. the world as it's become. Yeah, man. And like, it's got a huge cult following by, you know, by rights because it's, it's a really good book.
0: And again, really good story. reprinted in very affordable hardcover editions through vertigo. Absolutely yep. worth it. Go pick those yep. up. Kundalini, I hope we answered your question, and I love your username. It's crazy, and I believe Kundalini is a character from the original Mad Max. He was the one that got his hand cut off.
1: Oh yeah, the dude that is like, I got it. Yeah, and like, because uh, that little rock kid's got his crazy blade. No, 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 that was Road Warrior. I'm talking oh. about Mad Max. Oh, 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 oh. Kundalini was but like of, well, dating okay. one of the like okay. the main like oh,
0: man. motorcycle dude, and he's like, Kundalini wants his hand back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm
1: getting all the movies
0: messed up. That's a great up. username. So there you go. Transmetro, Lowe, Battle Angel Alita, Akira, Jared coming out of the blue throwing manga at you. It's, yeah. it's, it blows my mind. Godzilla Cataclysm.
1: We mentioned Batman The Dark Knight Returns. We mentioned Batman The Dark Knight Returns, but it turned out that one was a
0: little outside the lines and they called it a fault. So we let Fine. You, we let Jared serve again. There are some great reads for you if you want to celebrate the end of humanity as we know it. I didn't even go into profit. I could have thought about that one too. That's I man. There's one. there's a lot. There's a ton of them out there. Some for some reason, the destruction of uh, human society is a fantastic
1: read. <laughs> 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 a never ending well of fun. If you are looking for a new read, head over to the THN forums and post up in there. In the uh, comic. book pushers thread there. You got it. You got it. (laughs) Tell us what you're into. Tell us what you're into, what you're looking for. And man, we're going to meet you in a dark alley and we're going to hand it over to you. got the
0: stuff. Sort of break break it down like this. And that is it for the Mad Max Hangover episode of THN. If you like podcasts starring a rotating cast of hosts that talk smack about the guy that's not there this time, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And while you're there, you can leave us your star ratings, your reviews, your thumbs up, or your little hearts, as it helps us to connect with other potential
1: listeners. Thanks to all our donors. If you want to keep the THN mobile fueled with nitrous, you can do so by clicking our PayPal button at TwoHeadedNerd.com. If you want to become a sustaining member, it's as easy as clicking the Make This Donation Monthly box, and as little as $1 a month really does help. If you're interested in sponsoring THN, shoot us an email with the subject line, Sponsorship. While you're there, you can find links
0: to all of our contact info via Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Skype, Tumblr, and our Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894. Using this list of resources, you can beg the comic pushers for a new read, you can hit us with your Ask a Nerd questions or trivia, you can defend your questionable nerd tastes in front of the two and a judge, or you can ask us to review your self-published comic, be it printed digital and made out of collage of convergence and secret wars covers whatever and don't forget to sign up for the teach forums it's your little virtual piece of the ziggurat where you can discuss this week's show you can learn more about our segments and how you can become a part of them or you can just rap about comics baby
1: now if you dig the music you hear on this show you can follow our soundtrack playlist on spotify by searching for matt bomb's spotify profile remember to follow two-headed nerd on twitter like our facebook page and watch the forums if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion and then be sure to tune in to hear your answers on the answer of the week podcast every wednesday
0: next week joe patrick's funeral will be broadcast live because he couldn't live without me and it broke his damn heart to death and also we'll be reviewing the realist from boom comics as a part of our take a look it's in a book segment before we go Our weekly shout-out goes to George Miller for bringing one of my favorite 80s franchises back to life in a huge f***ing way. And let's not forget his work on Babe, Pig in the City. (laughs) Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics because your retailer just might strap you to the front of their car and drive around like a goddamn
1: lunatic if you don't. This
0: is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off.
1: Shred that guitar and hit the nitrous, man.
0: (laughs) The man who in his life had uttered fewer words
1: than any of them, knew exactly what to say. That'll do, pig. That'll do.